Good morning or good afternoon all and welcome to the Synth Group first quarter 2022 results presentation. My name is Adam and I'll be your operator today. If you'd like to ask a question during the Q&A portion of today's call, you may do so by pressing star one on your telephone keypad. I will now hand the floor to Tom Buellman to begin. So Tom, please go ahead when you are ready. Great, thanks very much, Adam. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here for our Q1 2022 um, presentation. Um, if we just go to the uh, agenda, Slide, please. Um, you can see it's the uh, it's the usual suspects, um, Joachim, Joachim and myself. The uh, the one the one slight difference from our perspective is that we're actually physically sitting in the same room uh, together, which is the first time ever actually when we've done one of these uh, uh, kind of face to face, um, at least between each other. So that's a, a small ray of optimism in all the nonsense going on in the world. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about the Q1 highlights. We're obviously uh, going to be talking about the integration uh, of Lucid and how that is progressing, including some. Um, some financials uh, uh, perspective around that, financial update, obviously, of course, and then summary and uh, Q&A. Um, if I could just ask to go to the uh, sort of two slides forward, um, number four, uh, just very brief uh, recap um, as we as we kind of think of ourselves, talk about ourselves. Um, as you can see, we've, we've refreshed this slide. Um, we are, think of ourselves as the global software leader in connected consumer insights or market research. Um, as you can see on the graphic, we are a marketplace. We connect supply and demand um, in a in a real time and a programmatic way. That's really what we do um, in the uh, in the connected consumer insights space. In terms of operational KPIs, just some headlines, and we'll obviously talk about those more detail as we as we go through this morning. Very good progress on the operate on the operational KPIs on the left hand side. Nice increase um, uh, on both B2B customers is obviously demand side, connect consumers, which is obviously supply side, and as a result, also the throughput through our platform, which is the uh, completed surveys. Um, the uh, pie chart there uh, in terms of net sales by region, a, a, little, uh, a little bit different from what we've shown in the past. You can see now that uh, we're, we're very much more of a US-centric uh, business. That was always, uh, even in the since standalone um, uh, context, very much our strategy but it's now also reflected in our numbers. As you can see, almost 60% of net sales by region um, coming out of the Americas, um, which, you know, kind of as, as you would expect, um, uh, based on, on uh, what we've been trying to do and, and, and did with the, um, with the acquisition of Lucid. If we move to the next slide, just a recap of our strategy. Um, the uh, five bubbles that you'll be getting um, uh, familiar with, uh, sort of moving left to right, uh, increasing share of wallet with established insight companies. They are growing very nicely, um, as you might have read in the uh, in our in our report this morning, and we'll talk more about that. Um, the tech enabled, uh, there's people like Qualtrics, SurveyMonkey, Zappy, and others growing even more nicely. Um, I would say um, uh, back to the, the pattern we would we would typically expect. The new customer acquisition a very core part of our commercial strategy, as we saw in the KPIs on the previous slide. Um, very good, you know, good progress on that. And that really is, is as I've said in the past, it, it's kind of one of the one of the building blocks for our for our future growth. Um, then expansion of the software platform or product portfolio. I mean, this really is, is right now, this is about integration, right? So this is going to be a big focus of our of our of our integration um, efforts uh, uh, moving forward. And then finally, of course, M&A, um, absolutely, yes, part of, our, uh, part of our strategy, I would say, in the medium term. Um, but for reasons we've discussed in the past, um, we're going to be, you know, probably pausing on that for the, uh, for the course of 2022 um, so we can de demonstrate, you know, both to ourselves and to you um, that we can actually, um, you know, integrate uh, and merge our two, uh, our two businesses. 
Just brief recap on the financial targets. It's, it's kind of rule of 50 business, 25-25 in terms of uh, um, organic net sales growth and EBITDA margin, both in the medium term and, and obviously uh, for the time being, no, intent, uh, no intention to pay any uh, dividends at this point in time. If we could move to um, slide number seven, please, which is, which is really a summary of uh, Q1. And here I would say, I, I, I mean, I really mean this. I think we've had a really good start to 2022. And, and, and I say that for two reasons. One is um, we've managed to, uh, you know, very successfully maintain our revenue momentum. Now, as, as, as we all know, with this kind of very substantial uh, combinations, there is a tendency to, to get a little bit in, inward looking, introspective. And, and, and lose the eye off the commercial ball. We talked about that um, in, the, uh, in, in, in October and, 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 and a couple of times since then. Uh, and I said at the time that we would be very focused uh, on, on the commercials, on our, on our customers, both on the demand and on the supply side. And we've managed to do that, uh, I would say, pretty successfully in, in Q1. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Um, and at the same time, um, I think we're making really good progress on the integration and on the synergies. And we'll talk more about both of those things. But, but kind of really, you know, taking a step back, uh, what did I say? Why did we say a great start to 22? It's really those two reasons. Maintaining really good positive uh, revenue momentum while at the same time um, delivering, uh, you know, a, a really good progress on the integration and on the synergies. Now, looking a little bit more detail, um, you can see there in the, uh, in the bullets, we've got um, organic growth adjusted for currencies, 28%. Uh, and on a pro forma basis, um, we've got, uh, excluding Gapfish, uh, we've got year-on-year -year growth of 32%. So really uh, very nicely in line with our, um, our medium-term uh, goals. Contributions from across the board, I would say. Again, we'll talk about that more from both um, business segments and, and geographies um, and, and, and customer segments as well. In terms of adjusted EBITDA, um, uh, a little bit a little bit down from from same time same time last year, um, and I would say that's um, you know kind of partly strategy and partly maths. Uh, the maths part obviously is is about the uh, you know combining a uh, higher EBITDA business with a lower EBITDA business. We've got some FX in there, got some some costs for the uh, for the LTIP and so on. So that's that, that's kind of the maths piece, uh, and the strategy piece really is. What I said right at the outset, which is, you know, a real focus on maintaining the revenue momentum, and that means, you know, focusing on the commercial side. It means ensuring we've got enough supply, um, and so, and so, you know, kind of, um, I'm, I'm, you know, very confident um, as we move look at the next bullet, the final bullet uh, in terms of the synergies that we'll um, be uh, kind of reaping those um, in 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 good order, uh, and and we'll continue to make progress on that. So. Let's move to the next slide, look a little bit more details on the net sales development. Um, this is on a pro forma basis, so, you know, Q1 to Q1 comparison. Moving left to right, you can see on the business segment, um, we've, we've now kind of combined uh, uh, the Syntacore business with, with what uh, Lucid called software and services. And you can see that's growing 30% uh, really nicely uh, 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 quarter on quarter. And then the media measurement which is a combination of the, uh, the uh, uh, Lucid audience business and, and what we, you know, in the past on the synth side had as connected data, uh, growing, you know, over 65, 67% um, year on year, obviously a much smaller base. But as I've said, uh, you know, consistently um, since we were started talking about this combination, that's a really, um, uh, from my point of view, a very strategic uh, uh, area. It's what we're spending a lot of time and, and energy on. And I'm, uh, you know, very confident that will provide, you know, become a very substantial part um, of our overall business um, in the uh, in the quarters to come. 
terms of regions, um, uh, as we've, we've, we've kind of a similar pattern to what we've had in the past, very strong growth uh, across all three regions, which is, which is very nice to see. The one call light I would make here is the, uh, is the Americas, which is, you know, growing at the uh, quarter on quarter uh, at the fastest clip, 35% uh, of all the regions, and it's also the biggest. So that's, that's positive. I think that's a combination of, of um, you know, kind of scale now uh, combined, with, combined with Lucid in the Americas. It's a function of strategy. Both our companies um, historically have focused a lot on the, the Americas, and there's also um, an element of, of, of kind of overlap between the Americas as a geography and, and the tech-enabled um, companies as a, as a segment. So um, we're kind of benefiting from, from, from that as well. But really nice uh, across-the-board growth on the regional side. And then on customer types, um, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, uh, again, both, both segments growing very nicely, 36 and 31 for the tech-enabled and established. Um, what I would comment here is that in Q4 last year, we had a, we had a flip of those growth rates, so the, uh, the established grew a little bit faster. Uh, I said at the time um, there was sort of two, two, three main reasons for that, not, uh, and that we expected that to reverse again. Uh, it has done now, so so we're kind of back to a pattern that um, over over the medium term we would uh, we would uh, generally expect uh, to see. Um, if we move to the next slide, please, in terms of operational KPIs, um, the first thing I would say is these are sent only, um, which which I'm not you know fully happy about, um, but these are sent only. We are in the process of um, mapping the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the kind of lucid KPIs together with the sync KPIs. So, so going forward, um, the plan is to present uh, combined data as soon as we can do. Uh, we've not been able to do that this time round, uh, uh, unfortunately, but we will. And we're working on that uh, very hard. But just to give you a sense on the, uh, on the kind of sync only operational KPIs, you can see there uh, very nice growth on uh, both the demand side, which is B2B customers, some of the connected consumers, uh, which is the, the supply side, obviously, and, and as you can see, the resulting, uh, the resulting throughput, um, which is the, uh, the, the completed survey. So I'm not going to dwell too much on this um, um, uh, in, in, in anticipation of being able to kind of show the combined, um, uh, in, in, in the combined KPA, KPIs um, as soon as possible. We now move on to the uh, integration of uh, Lucid um, and, and slide 11, please. Um, uh, the, the headline really, you know, kind of summarizes my views. I think our integration is ahead of plan, um, and our synergies are also rump, ramping up um, 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 uh, earlier than we uh, earlier than we had originally uh, thought. So, in terms of what we've done, uh, a lot of this has been has been, I would say, organizational focus. Um, so we had we had uh, you know multiple work streams uh, across you know all the various parts of the business as you would expect. And then, and then a big focus was on the organisation with the leadership team, the L2s as we call them, um, uh, who, who are running the, uh, the, uh, the the kind of functional business areas. And then, and then in March we had um, a, a set of events that um, you know resulted in the structural changes, to the key structural changes to the organisation uh, uh, to deliver the cost synergies um, were completed as well. So I would say. It was de deliberately speedy um, 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 and with, with, with a substantial focus on OPEX for the simple reason that that's uh, a synergy bucket that is directly in our control. Um, some of the others uh, we, we also think we can, we, we're definitely confident of being able to realize, but, but less directly or less immediately in our own control. So OPEX focus. So um, bottom, bottom half of the slide, you can see that um, just to kind of summarize where we are, and then we've got an, an additional slide to go, go a little bit more into the detail. 
Uh, we were talking about a run rate EBITDA synergy rate of uh, 40 million euros after 24 months, with the initial benefits um, going to be accruing after uh, six months. So the update um, that I can give you here today is we're very confident of at least at least 40 million, um, and we are ramping up faster than expected, and, and that's really driven by um, the, the the you know kind of very clear and and speedy focus on the opex synergies, uh, and we think we're going to be starting to see those uh, on the opex uh, synergy side from Q2 um, onwards. In terms of the non-recurring integration costs, uh, we estimate those to be about 40 million. We can talk more about how how we see those breaking down um, uh, uh, in the Q&A section if if you guys are interested. Um, and then on the right-hand side there, uh, you can just see a recap of uh, how we uh, how we uh, envisage the the, uh, the synergies um, kind of splitting out. So you know uh, a little bit over half really coming from the opex side. Um, and so, you know, that's why that's where our focus has been, partly because of magnitude uh, and largely because that's something that's directly um, in our control. So if we move to the next slide, please, um, this 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 really is is kind of um, designed to give to give us a little bit more of a breakdown um, and and visibility as to as to what is happening on the synergy side. Um, you can see on down the left hand side there the three buckets, uh, then with the total and the integration costs. Um, and then across the top is the uh, is the kind of time uh, is, is the sort of timeline. So October plan um, we've talked about. So I won't, I won't go into that in, in any more detail at this point. And and Q1 forecast is where we are today, right? Um, so you can see um, growth synergies, you know, very much reaffirmed. We're going to we believe uh, continue to believe that they're going to be starting in, in in Q3 and then progressively ramping up from there. That's, that's largely around um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the um, uh, audience, the measurement business, uh, getting exported, if you like, into, into Europe and elsewhere, plus, of course, the enterprise proposition as well. COGS is, is about smart order routing. That's going to take a little bit longer because it requires some, some technical builds on our side. So beginning of, uh, beginning of next year, we see those uh, starting out, but then kind of honing in now a little bit on more on the OPEX side, we're definitely uh, uh, confident of at least 21.6, which is what we had earmarked uh, uh, back in October, and uh, we think we're going to start uh, benefiting from that already in the uh, in the current quarter, IEQ IEQ2, um, and that's really on the back of um, some 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 cost takeout and and pretty ruthless, I would say, cost avoidance plans that we've had in place since the beginning of the year. Both companies had quite aggressive, separate, quite aggressive hiring plans. We we froze those right from the get-go, um, and 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 took some additional measures on the cost takeout as well. So you know, very very comfortable uh, uh, at this point, saying that we're going to be um, uh, at least 21.6 on the uh, on the opex uh, synergy side and ramping up faster than we originally thought. Um, then then in terms of the integration costs, um, uh, as I said, about 40 million in total. Uh, that sort of split two thirds, I think. Yeah, two thirds, one third, 22 and 23, uh, and about about half is is around um, uh, very substantial process efficiencies, sort of lead to cash. We've initiated a very extensive lead to cash program uh, that uh, uh, includes both um, the CRM, which is obviously on the commercial sales uh, outward looking side, and ERP, which is more the inward looking. Uh, the inward-looking sides um, around IT, but it's not just IT. It's about a whole kind of process efficiency, simplification, and automation. Um, that's kicked off, um, and and uh, you know, very confident that's going to benefit the business not just in the next two years, but but well into the future um, as well. So, 
Uh, I'm going to pause there on the integration side, and if we move to the next slide, hand over to Joachim for the uh, financial update. Thank you, Tom. So let's move to page 14 and the financial highlights. So if we start to, to the left on this slide, uh, we saw net sales amounted to 60, uh, 67.3 million euros in the quarter, which corresponded to a 32% growth on a performer basis. And as Tom just mentioned, we saw strong contribution from all regions and segments in the quarter. Our gross profit amounted to 41.3 million, which corresponded to a growth of 29% on a performer basis. The gross margin was 61.3%, and the higher gross margin this quarter is obviously explained by the mixed effect of the revenue stream coming with the consolidation of Lucid, where software business within the marketplace segment is accounted for on a net revenue basis, and as such, it contributes with 100% gross margin to the mix. Our adjusted EBTA amounted to 8.1 million, and we delivered a margin of 12.1%, which was lower than last year's 16.9% on a performer basis, but very much in line with our expectations. If we move to the more detailed P&L on the next page, please, we have outlined our drivers to the low profitability in the commentary. And key here, as, as Tom mentioned, is that Lucid previously strived to reinvest in surplus cash into the business. Uh, and Lucid ended last year with a more active investment plan, which then also meant that we are consolidating a much lower EBTA margin this quarter than what Lucid delivered a year ago. And on top of this, we had beneficial FX effects last year, and we had our LT cost this year, and there was a slight pressure on GM in this quarter. We expect the EBTA margin to improve progressively during the year as we grow the business and also get the synergy effect that Tom mentioned on the previous slide. Bottom right, you will see the profitability trajectory that we have talked about the last quarters, and you will recognize that graph. And we are now, in a way, resetting the data series, but at the same time, we aim higher. So we now aim towards the 25% in medium term instead of the 20% we had before, and we feel very confident about reaching it. And then finally, on this slide, a comment, you will see that on, as you see in the top of the table, uh, we are introducing a new KPI, which we call Total Customer Spend, as a way to measure all business volumes that are processed on our platform, regardless of the revenue recognition. So this KPI includes the total value of the project, including fees and take rates. We will going forward use this KPI when calculating the operating leverage to allow for better comparison with our historical numbers. You will find that calculation in, in that table as well. That's uh, all I had today, Tom. So back to you to wrap it up. Perfect. Thank you, uh, Joachim. So just to kind of uh, – this is a refreshed uh, key attraction summary slide. Um, you know, we really think that there's, there continues to be significant potential, large underlying market, lots of opportunity to grow, and, and we've not talked about that a lot because um, uh, we've been more focused on, on, on Lucid and the combo and the synergies. But – we really see this continued structural shift benefiting the digital players. And it's really about, you know, still digitizing what, what, what in, in, in many areas is still a pretty analog um, and people-heavy industry. I mean, we've not talked about that a lot in the last, in the last few, few quarters, but I just wanted to, to, to kind of highlight that because, 
you know, as we, we have, um, you know, kind of uh, macroeconomic uh, and geopolitical turbulence, um, it's, it, it's often good to think about, you know, the, the, the fundamentals. And we see this as one of the key sort of fundamentals, um, um, tailwinds that we, uh, that we are benefiting, benefiting from. We definitely see both companies and, and therefore the combo optimally positioned at the center of the value chain. Uh, we've got market-leading offerings um, uh, on, on, on the kind of the marketplace, on enterprise, on, on measurement uh, to capitalize on these market dynamics and, and very complementary value propositions, right? We talked, about, uh, we talked about the marketplace, we talked about audience, we talked about uh, uh, measurement and, 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 and enterprise. Um, and we really do that as we've as we've demonstrated on a, on a global scale, which is something that, again, we've not talked about too much, but it is important because customers increasingly are after, you know, multi-country, regional, or even global uh, work. But so we are very well positioned to take advantage of that. Both organisations delivering uh, profitable growth, uh, a little bit of a disparity in EBITDA uh, margin, um, um, as 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 you already mentioned, but but with the uh, with, with, with the sort of integration um, uh, work uh, on, 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 you know, that's um, definitely getting, getting harmonized and optimized. Um, and and we, we believe we're a very robust combination today and even more so in the future. And then we do have, we do have very, very kind of concrete um, synergy deliveries underway, uh, which will continue to drive very strong bottom line performance. Um, and so with that, Adam, I'm going to uh, uh, pause and hand back to you for questions. Thank you. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question today, that's star followed by one on your telephone keypad now. When preparing to ask a question, please ensure your headset is fully plugged in and unmuted locally. That's star one on your telephone keypad. And our first question today comes from Predrag Savinovich from Carnegie Investment Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you very much, operator. Good morning, guys. Uh, so my first question is on, on, on the cash flow. Um, there are a few moving parts here, like the working capital swing from, from Lucid, uh, transaction cost integration, et cetera. So I'm just wondering if we look at the cash flow on an underlying basis, what would we land on in terms of operating cash flow? Yeah, hi, uh, good, good question. I think the, the two things that are disturbing, that are the easiest to kind of isolate, uh, I think we mentioned them uh, in the report, one is 14.4 million relating to the transaction as such. That should be probably the last, at uh, least, material piece from the transaction. That relates to a decrease of the payables. So it was booked as a payable in the transaction, and now it was paid out in the first quarter. So that had a uh, obviously a cash flow impact. Uh, that's the one thing and the biggest piece. The second piece is on the uh, NRI, so non-recurring items, and the um, uh, integration costs. So it's kind of on the other side of the, the same coin, where we had 4.5 million in total total NRIs this quarter, uh, where 4.1 related to the uh, to the integration and the acquisition. So those are the two biggest biggest uh, items that you uh, probably should um, adjust for. Okay, thank you. Then um, on the organic growth, if we look at the performer-based one, it looks quite uh, quite strong. I mean, the reported one is also quite strong, but but it's even better when you look at the performer-based, uh, and that sounds like it's attributable to to Lucid, of course. Um, can you reason a bit uh, around what is behind this this pace in the growth here? Yeah. Uh, hey, Pedrag. So look, I think it's it's con it's continued momentum, right? And it's 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 across the board. I think. 
we had uh, since standalone had had uh, pretty good very good uh, growth um uh, last year um that's a, that's a you know um at the macro level it's a function of you know kind of a, a, a digitization offering to provide um you know respondents at, at better 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 uh, you know cost effectiveness and much more quickly um so so you know that's the kind of initial initial talk to get a, to get us in 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 the door um uh, and that, and i think that kind of that kind of momentum has carried through and is carrying through um into uh, into this year so from a kind of medium term medium term uh, sort of structural level uh, lucid have the same tailwind benefits right because they're also offering a similar a similar value prop on the market, on the marketplace um and then and then i would say what's what's also helped is a deliberate um integration strategy to be pretty uh, uh quick uh, particularly on the commercial side, so so we integrated the commercial teams, nominated um, leadership there very quickly, and so that you know kind of reduced the uncertainty time um, for the uh, for the for the uh, for the commercial guys um, quite substantially. And then and the final bit I would say is you know we we landed quite a number of of uh, both companies landed quite a number of new customers during the course of 2021. And, and as we've done, uh, as we've said in the past, you know, uh, getting those on board and on stream and connected to the platform is, um, uh, uh, is, is, you know, is a good thing, right? So, uh, and we continue to, uh, uh, to do that. The, the other thing I would point out, um, as we've talked in the past, is the, uh, the exclusive services business um, is, is, uh, was not, has not been growing. Um, and so, we're not calling that out specifically, but but I can say that I think in Q1 that declined by three or four percent, I think, something like that, uh, year on year. So so the decline has has slowed down. We've managed to slow that down, as as I said, we would do, and we are working on. Um, but but therefore, you know, kind of the 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 underlying the underlying growth is, um, you know, we 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 think of that as really positive. So does that does that help? Yeah, yeah, very much. It sounds very, very encouraging. Thank you. And, and just a final question from my end. I'm also curious about a contract uh, that was larger that you referenced in Q4 on the established side, which gave you a boost then, uh, generally speaking. And, and to me, it sounds like that is a almost like a base effect, meaning that it should be a positive driver for every quarter incrementally then until Q4 2022, basically. Uh, is, is that right or wrong? And, and could you reason around the uh, this contract in terms of organic growth for the established uh, segment. So I, I think I mentioned two sort of uh, customer-specific things in Q4. I'm uh, sort of racking my memory now. One was MPD, uh, and the other one I think was Ipsos. Um, so yeah, so we take correct, each of those correct. in turn. Um, I mean, MPD was the uh, uh, one of our enterprise customers that we announced uh, middle of last year. Um, I think Q4 was the the the, um, the kind of the kickoff uh, the kickoff enterprise license that we uh, that we were able to invoice, um, and and there absolutely I I uh, you know I, I fully expect that MPD will follow the pattern of our other uh, uh, large large and important customers that they kind of uh, uh, kind of get used to the platform and and start pushing more and more uh, volume through the uh, through the platform over time which is what happened with 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 many of our of our larger customers so on on that side absolutely um on the on the ipsos side i i, I think i did um, um call that out as as potentially a one off because it was pre christmas um q4 for them for the established guys is is typically very strong and more seasonal than than it is for the uh, the tech enabled um and so and so uh, 
couldn't couldn't I wouldn't um, kind of necessarily say that that's a sort of an indication of of future growth that will be linear throughout the year. I think we do have a good relationship with with with, with Ipsos. They are an important customer, um, particularly on their on their API integrations. We we're doing very good business, but I wouldn't necessarily extrapolate that out uh, throughout the course of this year. Now, does that help? Okay, no, that's perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Pedro. The next question comes from Daniel Oven from Nordia. Daniel, your line is open. Please go ahead. Yes, good morning, Tom and Joachim, and thank you for taking my questions. Um, I have first questions around the gross margin. Um, so I see in the report that you also have put in here uh, exclusive gross margin, and I calculate that it's down quite a bit on a year-to-year -year basis, around two percentage points. Um, so I just wanted to ask a little questions around that. Uh, you write in the report that you invest to secure supply. Can you explain a bit uh, around what this means? Uh, and also, is there anything that has changed in the market that suggests that also going forward there could be some pressure on the gross margin. That's the first question. Thank you. Uh, hey Daniel, I can I can start with that and maybe Tom will fill in. But yes, you're right. Um, you're, you're totally right. So uh, the gross margin on the legacy SIM side uh, was down uh, approximately two percentage points. Um, the reason for that is uh, I mean a little bit the same as we talked about in the last couple of quarters, I think. Uh, that that's generally in the sector and in the market, there is a shortage of supply. And we see on the demand side, we see unmet demand. Uh, and then we have discussed uh, whether we should continue to invest top line and invest to grow the business, and thereby uh, sacrificing a little bit on the gross margin uh, or not. I mean, it's a deliberate choice to take or to make. Um, and we we did decide to do that selectively. So with a few suppliers, we have uh, we have invested a little bit uh, more um, to continue to uh, to grow the business. Um, we have seen this, as I said, a few quarters. Uh, it remained in Q1, um, and it will probably continue to be a theme. At the same time, we believe that we now with the integration of Lucid, and when we get to a position where we integrate both platforms we will benefit from uh, each other's, if I may put it that way, uh, supply. Um, so since customers will benefit from Lucid supply and vice versa. Uh, so we think that that will be better, but we think the theme will will probably continue that we would like to see more more supply uh, on our platform. Tom, anything more to add? No, I think that's, that's exactly right. Particularly acute, I would say, in the US, um, which is where most uh, supplies is programmatic. Um, uh, as Joachim said, it, it was a uh, is a deliberate choice um, to to, um, to to kind of um, uh, uh, get the supply that we can sell, uh, um, and and so it's it's uh, not a not a surprise, but a choice that we made, and we're planning to continue to do that. By the way, for the uh, during the uh, during the year, I think the um, um, you know the, the 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 kind of what the the gross margin impact will be. Um, I think, as 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 Joachim said, is is going to be um, partly by how much supply is there, and partly by um, uh, kind of working out exactly how the um, how the synergies and the combination will uh, will pan out in the market. So we're working on that at the moment. Perfect, very helpful. Thank you. Uh, one other question, also on the um, adjusted EBITDA margin. I'm thinking here, especially on the ex-lucid uh, business. Um, I understand from uh, discussions we had previously that uh, the cost base in Lucid perhaps a little bit more of a fixed 
nature versus synth um, and would that then uh, suggest that you have more seasonality in, in that line and, and perhaps then Q1 uh, a bit lower than uh, than uh, X-Synth would have been? Uh, maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about uh, if there is any larger impact to take into consideration from this. That's the second question. Thank you. Yeah, I can I can try to address that. Uh, I mean, obviously, when when you integrate and combine two big businesses uh, like this, there, there is a lot to factor in, and we we fully recognize that it's quite complicated for you guys to to follow and to to make your estimates. Uh, what we've seen in this in this quarter and what we plan for the coming quarters is, I mean, first of all, the um, the integration and the kind of people related integration, organizational related uh, changes were made at the end of Q1 which then meant that the kind of cost that Lucid had and the cost Synth had in the beginning of the year or end of last year, we carried kind of in the first quarter. Um, so yeah, uh, a little bit uh, of an impact there. Then what we will see when now we have implemented a new organization is that the cost base will be probably a little bit more stable in a way or constant than what we typically see uh, on Synth, what we've seen in Synth uh, the last year. So that also then means that the seasonality on the top line will flow through the, the, the more constant cost base and then have a greater, we will see a greater seasonality effect on the profitability. So by that, we would expect that uh, the Q1 probably is the, the lowest and then we will see uh, deep day margin coming up uh, the next quarter with Q4 being the strongest, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, just one follow-up question also on the synergy gains. Uh, so now they appears that they're coming through uh, sooner than expected. Uh, and just the question here, you already talked about cost avoidance, etc. Is there any impact in Q1? So did Q1 already benefit anything from synergy gains? That's the another question. Joachim will have the specific uh, kind of numbers. I would say very, very modest. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I will not give you any numbers, but yeah, very modest because of uh, oh. because of uh, the implementation at the very end of the quarter. I think we we said oh. uh, I think in one of the slides that the kind of some of the restructuring was done in March, so so you know t tail end of the quarter really. Okay, perfect. Just one last uh, quick question here also on the uh, amortization for PPA. Uh, is the what you have here in this quarter is is that the level that uh, we should assume also going forward? Um, uh, yes, until we give you something else. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, on a preliminary basis. Uh, I think you have that typically in these this, uh, situations. But but we as of now we don't see any changes to it. But um, it's on it's a preliminary one. Okay, perfect. That's all my questions. Thank you very much. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. The next question is from Victor Haigberg from Danske Bank. Victor, your line is open. Please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, so could you help us a bit with historical periods of macro turbulence, how that has played out for you? Um, you weren't that large in connection with the financial crisis uh, some 10-plus uh, years ago. So could you help us with uh, with the usual progress throughout periods uh, such as this one we're, we're seeing now? Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's a good question. Um, we probably need to, um, neither Joachim or I are company historians that go that far back. But 
from you know just just to kind of recap where Sint uh, was founded in 1998, and so we had the uh, the kind of uh, the dot com uh, bubble uh, boom bust. Um, we had 2007 eight and 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 all the subsequent events as well, um, and 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 of course uh, COVID more 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 recently. So. Um, I need to check the exact numbers, but I do recall a slide from uh, that, that, that I've seen is that we demonstrated year-on-year -year growth, uh, substantial year-on-year -year growth in virtually every single year since our since our foundation. So that's kind of number number one. Um, and the the second one I would say is you know kind of how we more recently, which I think is more relevant, is how we weathered COVID, right? Which is which was which was fairly which is pretty positive. Um, and I think it was it was positive. Uh, I, hate, I hate to say something positive in relation to COVID, but I think it was positive from a business perspective for two reasons. One, um, the, the 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 kind of the uh, all of the uncertainty that COVID created in every dimension of all our lives meant that brands needed to uh, to do more research to find out what their consumers or potential consumers were thinking, feeling, doing. Um, and I would say that applies to any kind of uh, macroeconomic or, or geopolitical uncertainty, there is the need for more information by brands. So, in a in a weird way, that is that is beneficial uh, for us, and it definitely was in COVID. We got um, uh, work from, uh, I would say, two main uh, buckets that we had, you know, less work the, uh, prior. One was uh, government, so regional, local, and 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 in some cases, national governments uh, came to us and asked for uh, uh, wanted to kind of survey their 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 citizens. And secondly, was pharmaceutical, right? So, as you expect, we got we got you know much more work than we've done in the past on the from the pharmaceutical uh, and pharmaceutical related industries. So, so need for more information in times of uncertainty is 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 one thing. The other thing is, I think we 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 reacted pretty fast and pretty sensibly to the COVID situation. So we took the the right measures uh, in terms of uh, in terms of cost avoidance uh, and and in some cases cost reduction. So. Uh, and and you know I wasn't here back in two, you know 2007 eight or, or or indeed at the dot com bubble, um, but 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 my my guess is the you know kind of the the DNA of of of, of Sint and now Sint Lucid Combo is to be pretty responsive to uh, to to you know what is thrown at us. So um, I mean that's really the two part answer. One is you know fast responsiveness from from the company, um, but uh, and coupled with um, the need for for more. Feedback from consumers slash citizens um, in times of uncertainty. Okay. Does that, uh, Victor? Does that help? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm thinking here um, on um, the growth comments and organic growth being in line with the Q4 level uh, of last year. Now you're meeting uh, harder comps in Q2. Um, and then just if you could help us with what to expect for the full year, you're reiterating the the targets of at least 25% organic growth. Is that something yep. we should read as for this year as well, or um, what could you what could you do to help us on on the timing for that one? Well, the 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 one of the uh, disadvantages from your perspective, Joachim and I sitting opposite me, is he, <laughs> he can make hand signals, right, and tell me what not to say. So no, I mean so. Uh, I mean, we don't give in-year guidance. Um, so first of all, um, but 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 I can, I, I can say, I mean, we've we've got one out of the four annual quarters under our belt. We've 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 uh, kind of delivered on delivered on our medium-term guidance. Uh, I would say in uh, in 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 Q1, um, and I definitely definitely reaffirm 
the uh, the 25% uh, uh, growth rate for the medium term, right? But I'm Joachim is signalling now, so better stop there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably uh, as much as you can get, get from us now. Okay, fair enough. Um, and also, just a follow up on on a question earlier on the underlying margin in synth versus uh, versus lucid. Did you say anything on the EBITDA margin? I might have missed it. The respective companies. Uh, no, uh, no, we did not. Um, what we did do this report, you can see in the notes, uh, note eight in the report, we have put in. I know that you you guys asked this, so we put in a table with the uh, 2021 perform Lucid performance. So there you will see on the EBITDA on on what Lucid did last year and kind of the trajectory they were on. Um, we didn't comment specifically on Lucid. Uh, we don't on the Lucid margin, but it's it's uh, mid single digit, probably something like that in Q1 on adjusted EBITDA level. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, that's helpful. Um, also on uh, on the progress with uh, with the service segment within Lucid, you said that it just declined by a couple of percentage points. So you just done some of the outflow there. Uh, what to expect from uh, from the rest of the year uh, once you've stabilized it? What's what's the plan and what to expect in terms of uh, growth from that segment? From uh, from services specifically, um, I mean, as, as I've said in the past that we are we are very focused on that because I certainly don't want uh, to be carrying on any any growth dilutive uh, segments. Um, so as you can imagine, we're ultra focused on that. Um, now we don't break out, you know, kind of services uh, specifically. And we don't intend to do that kind of formally. Um, but I did want to talk about it because it, it is it, it is kind of uh, relevant in the in, in terms of understanding the overall. Um, the overall growth picture. Um, now, the the what I've said in the past is that the services was declining um, kind of in double digits uh, uh, end of end of end of end of last year. Um, it's now it's now kind of you know uh, low single digits for Q1. I do expect us to get a to get a full grip on that in the uh, in the quarter or two to come. Um, what I would say is, I mean, we 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 both Sint and Lucid provides service what we call services as part of the an important value proposition so it's not something we're playing to ditch at all um, services is typically um, provided either on certain geographies you know Japan and, and, and some countries around the Mediterranean there's a high expectation of services if you're a marketing service provider like we are um, but but partly also it's customer journey right that's the big part where where uh, a lot of time, we we get customers in with 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 a fairly a fairly high degree of, of of service component, so they get used to a new way of buying respondents or accessing respondents. And then what we try and do is is get get people down the funnel, so from 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 you know from services to self serve, which is the you know Access Pro uh, uh, self serve user interface. All, and then of course ultimately the objective is to get down to APIs, right, which are fully automated and hands off. So. Um, so it, it is an important way of, of serving our customers and particularly onboarding customers. Um, so it's not something I want to kind of drive into the ground at all ditch, um, but it is something we want to get the economics uh, to the right place and, and, and the growth rate to the right place. So that's, that's the focus. Okay. 
Uh, and also, uh, you didn't include, you spent some time on it, you didn't include the lucid figures in the KPIs and the customers and panelists. Uh, you, you're not really done with the work there. Um, on a gross basis, it added 60% or something on both sides of the platform. Um, what, what, what is your best guess on the overlap, the net addition to these figures once you've calculated it? Could you give us some, some uh, color on what, what, what you expect in terms of a net addition? To be honest, Victor, I understand the question and I understand the need to provide combo KPIs, which we're working on, but I don't like guessing, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to try because I will be wrong. So I'd ask to, to, to wait yeah. till, till, till the, we, we've actually done the, done, the, done, the, done the numbers and come up with the, uh, come up with the right KPIs. We'll spend more time on it in, in connection with Q2 then. Uh, and yeah. also, last question uh, on, the, on the working capital profile. Now with Lucid integrated uh, and consolidated, the different revenue recognition models in the marketplace. Could you help us with? Uh, should, should we expect anything to change in terms of working capital profile for the new group? That's a very good question. Uh, well spotted. Uh, I think. Um, I mean, you know, you know the synth way now, um, and I'd say that Lucid works uh, in a similar way. They're obviously in the same sector, so they are they have the same issues. Call it where paying where paying out the, the suppliers faster than where when they are getting paid from the customers. The difference between synth and Lucid, as you rightly point out, is that they um, they then recognize revenue on a net basis, but they process the payments on a gross basis. So they get paid from the customers for the full project, and they pay the suppliers for the full project, so the full amount, but they only recognize revenue on a net basis of the fees. So if you look at kind of the driver or the, the ratio of, of working capital to, to sales, it will look very different, which is why we also now are introducing this new KPI, so it will be more kind of similar when you, when you do model than we uh, internally as well, model the drivers to different, uh, to different uh, well, items. Um, so fundamentally, the same kind of way of dealing with it, uh, but there is a difference in, in the driver and, and the, the, the KPI, um, as I mentioned. Does that make okay, sense? So should expect to tie up some cash as you grow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it will show the same pattern, uh, but I'm, I'm really longing to get into the details and get, get a better understanding for it. We now, in the integration uh, of the organizations, we now have a dedicated team, and we have combined the, uh, the Lucid and the Synth finance teams as well. So we have a dedicated team that are working on, on uh, collections and working capital. Um, so I'm hoping to get a better, better feel and better efficiencies out of it. Then, obviously, it's, it's kind of a, a sector thing, so it's fundamentally it's more difficult to, to change these, this behavior. Uh, but but really to drive drive and try to to uh, call it squeeze out capital cash from the working capital is something we will hopefully be able to do now uh, going forward. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Just the last final question for me. Integration costs. Sure. Can you help us with uh, how to expect the phasing on that one? You said uh, two quarter, two thirds of it in uh, this year. Four million already recognized. Uh, what to expect? Uh, peaks now in, in Q2, Q3, then come down, or even the distributed? Uh, yeah, I think what we said, we said that uh, 40 million in total, uh, two-thirds now and one-third um, next year. Uh, I think you can expect that to be fairly linear. We don't see any, any kind of big 
big bumps there as we had 4.1 as you say and as we wrote uh, and um, yeah the rest will come now obviously Q2, Q3, Q4 but that's nothing I don't think there is a need to be model that more more uh, in a more detailed way. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, maybe sorry, maybe 2023. Uh, I mean, probably more uh, front loaded. Front loaded, yeah, in 2023. Yeah. So it will not. It's not linear in 2023. Probably only the two first quarters actually. Two first. Right. Yeah. Okay. The next question. The next question comes from Daniel Thorson of ABG. Daniel, please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, thank you very much. Lots of good questions on the financials so far, so I'm happy with that. So I go to a platform technical question here. How is the developing going on integrating the platforms, and have you so far decided to merge them fully, uh, like one front-end pla uh, front platform for, for users and the one back-end solution for, for suppliers, or will this be two different uh, platforms uh, in the future? So, um, hi Daniel. Um, thanks for the question. Um, so, so the the intent is to have one entry point on the demand side and one entry point on the supply side from a technical perspective, right? So, um, so the customers and 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 suppliers just have one point of entry to the uh, to the marketplace. That is definitely the intent. Um, um, in terms of the underlying uh, kind of technology and and business models. Um, um, that is still the area we're, we're exploring and we're discussing um, with, with demand and supply side partners extensively because it's important that we do the right thing for them um, as well. From a technology perspective, I mean, the, 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 the plan is to ultimately go to, uh, to one platform, right? Um, but I think the, the road there will be, will be fairly uh, extended for the simple reason that we need to be extremely thoughtful about how we do that. So. Um, and so I expect that to take, you know, many, many quarters to, to fully happen. Um, in terms of what we've done so far is we've opened up the connection between the two uh, supply platforms. So that is good. Um, so, so um, um, you know, we've got, we got kind of lucid, lucid supply for, for, for the SIM platform and vice versa. So that is, uh, that is in the process of happening. Um, in terms of actual uh, kind of coding integration work beyond that, it, that is not started because we're, we're, we're spending a lot of time and, and energy on the thinking and the planning, right? So, and I don't expect that, to, you know, you, we use the word coding. I don't expect that to start for, for a couple of quarters, actually, because I think um, the, 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 the important thing is, is, is to get the thinking right and the planning right, um, the, uh, and then the, 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 the kind of the, the, the actual kind of coding work will follow will follow elegantly thereafter. Okay, I see, I see. And depending on what route you're deciding to take here, will it be a massive change for any, uh, for either the demand or, or supply here? No, I don't think so. I think massive change is not a good idea um, no. um, because uh, because you know we we want to maintain the growth rates. Um, we want to we want to kind of keep growing the way that we have, and and clearly the the value propositions that we offer on both the demand and the supply side are, are positive. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to grow. So no, I I don't expect uh, 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 there to be you know either forced change or massive change. I think that would be conceptually wrong. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks. Uh, and then secondly, on on the supply side and the and the gross margin here. Um, I mean, given that the gross margin fell in the quarter, declined slightly here, I guess that the suppliers and the panel owners are not that unhappy because of the merger, because they are basically gaining some more money right here short term. Have you, have you met any unhappy suppliers so far or panel owners that may cause a problem for you when merging the two largest players in the industry? 
Um, unhappy, no. Uh, I would say there are some slightly nervous players out there um, um, on, the, on the supply side, um, which we're doing our best to reassure. And if any are listening in, we want to partner with you in the medium term and beyond. Um, um, and, the, and the reason is that, that in the past, you know, um, us and Lucid were, were, were seen very much as, as head-to-head competitors, and in some ways we were. And as a result, you know, some, some, some you know, both supply and demand uh, folk kind of played us off against each other a little bit. Um, uh, and and um, yeah, now with the combination, obviously, that is no longer possible. So, so some people who may have kind of done that a bit more a bit more overtly are feeling a little bit nervous but we're doing our best i mean we have no intention of of of, of kind of taking advantage of our position um um, and equally equally um we we want to partner with with all supply partners going forward so so, some are a little bit nervous um i would say um, um and and we are doing our best to kind of reassure them because you know we are we are a marketplace we do need breadth and quantum of supply we need both uh, and therefore, you know, all, all supply partners are important. We want to work with them, and, and new ones too. Okay, sounds sounds good. My um, final question is on competition. Have you seen anything happening on the competition side from the larger social media platforms like Facebook or LinkedIn entering this market? I actually got a, got a request myself from from LinkedIn uh, asking if I could do a survey related to software companies, which I thought was pretty pretty well spotted because they could target specific target groups for consumer insights. So anything you see there moving moving in the in the competitive landscape and they actually offered 5 US dollars to to complete the survey. So they have a similar similar model at least. Yeah, no they do. I mean look, you know, su- su- success is copied, right? So so in a way it's a compliment. Um no, so I mean um LinkedIn we talked about I think in the last in the last uh, quarter so in terms of competitive development in in Q1 um, nothing, nothing unusual that would need uh, that would that would need, need uh, mentioning. Uh, I mean, taking a step back and, and, and taking your question more broadly, I mean that yes, the the, the, the social media networks are obviously um, a, a group that we that we do uh, monitor closely um, because they do have you know large um, uh, kind of consumer uh, bases underlying them un, uh, or underneath them, and therefore and therefore there is a possibility to do to do to do a qualitative research. Um, but we've talked about this in the past. You know, there's a there's a there's a scale question, there's an independence question, there's a GDPR uh, question, and then there's also a a profile uh, taxonomy question, right? So it's important to kind of categorise all your respondents in a in a, in a, in a, in a standard way so that we can provide the the real time um, uh, uh, respondents for the for the uh, for the questions. So. We think we've we've got good kind of compar- uh, 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 moats or barriers to entry, um, um, but nevertheless we do we do keep a close eye on the social media side. But nothing nothing that's popped up in the last quarter, no. Excellent, thank you. The next question is from Charlie Brennan of Jefferies. Charlie, your line is open. Please go ahead. Uh, great. Just a couple of questions for me, actually. Um, you've spoken a fair amount about the unfulfilled demand and, and the investments into the uh, supply side. Uh, given that dynamic, you've clearly got some discretion over the rates of organic growth that you're reporting and, and ultimately the margin. Uh, I'm wondering whether actually talking about organic growth profit makes more sense than organic revenue um, and whether that's a metric we should be paying more attention to. Uh, and the second is just a small financial follow-up. 
Um, it feels like you're flagging up capitalized R&D a little bit more explicitly now. Uh, should we expect that to materially change as we go through the course of the year? Thank you. Uh, hi, Charlie. Uh, so I'll pick up both of them probably. Um, so, you, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and actually, I, I intended to mention this, the gross profit growth point when we talked about the supply squeeze and how we invested a little bit there. Uh, I think you're right, uh, and that's also way, uh, the way we discuss it internally in the team. Uh, as long as we see that the investment in more revenue contributes with growth in gross profit, I think it's a good thing. Um, so not saying that we will lose sight of the gross margins. That's, that's kind of a, a key KPI for us, and we, we do discuss that too. But I, I agree with you. Uh, gross profit is, is probably going to be more and more important and more interesting to follow. Uh, should we assume that should should we assume that your mid-term targets for 25% organic revenue growth are, are consistent with 25% gross profit growth? Uh, conceptually, I think that's an interesting thought, and we haven't we haven't really. I mean, we have our financial targets. I, I wouldn't be. I'm not in a position now to kind of confirm that. Uh, but conceptually, I think it's interesting. <laughs> That's a vague, vague comment to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I move on to the to the capitalization and development cost, um, yeah, I mean we are. It is now um, the line you see in the PNL is now with Lucid, obviously. So we have the Synth uh, CDC policy uh, on the one hand, and we have the Lucid CDC policy on the other hand, and those two add up. Uh, in the integration work, we are looking into it and drilling deeper into it. Uh, we have confirmed that uh, the, the policies on each side is relevant and makes a lot of sense. And obviously, we have auditors uh, having reviewed them as well standalone. And we are now looking into it more as we also have combined our, uh, our development teams on both sides. So that, that's work, um, work ongoing to make sure that we are mapping up the, the relevant uh, hours or the relevant costs that we take in the development team um, to the uh, capitalization. You shouldn't expect Perfect. it to, I, I don't think, I mean, early conclusion is that you shouldn't expect it to change dramatically. First assessment is that we are probably on a decent level on both companies and also combined. Perfect, thanks. Thanks, Charlie. Nothing further in the queue at present, but as a reminder, that's star one on your telephone keypad to ask a question. As we have no further questions, I'll hand back to the management team for any closing remarks. Thanks, uh, thanks, Adam. So uh, thanks, thanks all for uh, joining. Um, just, to, just to recap, I, I, we really do see this as a very strong quarter combination of uh, continued revenue momentum with very solid uh, and good progress on the uh, on the synergies. So um, thank you for your time and attention and questions this morning. Uh, look forward to speaking again in due course. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's call. Thank you very much for your attendance. You may now disconnect your laptop.